Well, it doesn't look like Detroit sports fans are going to have to practice uh, the name Wembayama because uh, last night in the NBA draft lottery, even though the Detroit uh, Pistons were had the uh, best odds to get the number one overall pick for the second year in a row, uh, they've picked five. Uh, they, they landed at pick number five, uh, which means that they are out of the Victor Wembayama uh, sweepstakes, the French prospect um, who people are saying is the uh, best prospect since LeBron James. He will go to the San Antonio Spurs, and uh, it, it seems like this is a one-man draft. And um, I, I have to say, I don't follow... Uh, college basketball uh, too closely. Uh, but even this year, I can't tell you uh, who coming out of the college ranks would be the number one pick. Normally, I, I know at least one or two names. And uh, it's not like Wembayama is coming out of the NCAA anyway. Uh, he's playing professionally in France overseas. Um, Google has him lift, listed at seven foot two. ESPN has him listed at seven foot five. 19 years old. And uh, once again, uh, the uh, Detroit Pistons have to fight it out amongst the other unwashed masses, not at number one. Uh, Spurs get uh, get first crack at them. And like Brian Winter said, I can guarantee they're not going to trade that pick away. So it looks like uh, the Pistons are still going to uh, fledgle where they are. Last time they got the number one pick was uh, Cade Cunningham, who's had mixed results when he's played. He's been very good, um, but of course he's been injured. And uh, But one comforting thing I would offer to Pistons fans is that Steph Curry was drafted number seven. So um, you might hit, you might get lucky, but chances are, you're going to pick someone up who's decent but not is not going to be transformative uh, like people think Wembayama might be. And uh, he might not be. Who knows? He might be Ryan Leaf. He might be Darko, but probably not. So, sorry, Pistons fan. It does seem, though, the good news is that uh, it does seem like the uh, era of the super team is coming to an end. Uh, right now in the NBA playoffs, you got the Lakers, who are still a super team. Kind of. They started as a super team, uh, but uh, they traded away their third superstar, uh, Westbrook, um, and uh, Russell Westbrook. I always want to say Brian Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. So now they got AD and LeBron still. They're playing against the Nuggets, who have Nikola Jokic and no one else I recognize. Uh, you got the Heat in the East, who have Jimmy Butler. And off the top of my head, I can't name any other superstars on the team. Celtics have uh, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, I, I recognize, Marcus Smart, but, but you know, Jason Tatum's the only superstar on that team, it, which, which might be good news for the Pistons moving forward because it's hard to attract big-name free agents here. It seems like the model nowadays is to have a superstar, an all-star, uh, a, a, a decent bubble player, and then, um, you know, filling the team around them. So, better luck next year, Pistons, because I have a feeling they are going to be in the lottery. Hold on, I'm a bit burpy this morning. Bear with me. All right, so yesterday, 
Sam Altman um, went to Capitol Hill to testify in front of Congress on artificial intelligence. And it wasn't your normal congressional hearing. Most congressional hearings go like this. They bring somebody on uh, to get spanked publicly um, in front of Congress. Um, one party will excoriate them looking for sound bites. The other party um, will praise and laud them looking for, for sound bites. But this was more um, the person testifying in front of Congress uh, is looking for help. And Sam Altman, CEO of ChatGPT, Jeffrey Hinton, um, known as the godfather of AI, worked at Google, and then he quit so that he could um, warn people about the dangers of AI. Uh, AI. <laughs> EI. What is this, uh, Nelly? Um, he quit Google to warn people of the dangers of artificial intelligence. And Elon Musk who was one of the uh, first investors of uh, Open Open AI, which is now ChatGPT. These three guys are, are, ring, are ringing the alarm about the dangers of artificial intelligence. And it, it, it kind of it comforts me, but it also confuses me. I'm glad that all these people who know the most about AI have the most to gain for... OpenAI to be the wild, wild west and to not be regulated are actually calling for regulations. And, and one of the uh, members of Congress yesterday said to Sam Altman that it's, uh, it, it's, it's very rare that a member of the uh, private sector asks for regulations on, um, in their industry. But that's what these three guys are doing. And, and I think it's because... Um, you know, AI is just developing exponentially faster and faster and faster. And uh, we don't know what the consequences are going to be because AI is starting to teach itself code. And once upon a time, you know, stuff like this didn't alarm me because um, technology and computers are only as smart as human beings program them to be. <laughs> but all of a sudden now these uh, AI is getting so good it's teaching itself. So, you know, the, the benefits are endless, but the consequences, uh, the potential consequences are endless. Um, you know, we've got the election coming up in 2024. Um, Richard Blumenthal, one of the senators, uh, he opened up uh, his remarks yesterday uh, with an, uh, 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 an AI voice generation that sounded just like him. Um, they ran a bunch of his speeches through uh, one of these EI voice generators, and then they had uh, AI uh, write his opening statements. And so his his opening statement was completely AI. And I, I, I've been I've had a couple of friends in my Facebook feed, my social media feed, um, kind of demonstrate this about uh, they would make a video with their voiceover. And it would be completely AI. And the difference between a couple months ago and now is astonishing. And I w wish I remembered the name of the principle about how fast technology um, develops, I guess is the word. Um, how fast technology develops exponentially. Like it took us millions and millions of years to invent the telephone. 
And then it took us like 50 years to invent the cell phone after that. And then it took us 25 years after that uh, to develop the smartphone. And, and, and it's just been developing exponentially faster and faster um, once it starts rolling. Um, so Altman was calling for the regulations of AI uh, because there's, there's possible uh, it can lead to a lot of misinformation. Uh, especially election misinformation, which has been in the news lately, especially with the Durham report. Um, you know, you can do f do deep fakes of people's voice, like like Mr. Blumenthal. Uh, you can do make fake videos. You can make fake uh, uh, pictures, and you know what kind of havoc's that going to uh, wreak on our legal system, let alone our our, our politics. There's the job loss. Um, there's the job loss uh, concerns. Um, companies like, uh, off the top of my head, IBM, um, companies like uh, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed is already using AI to write all of its articles. Um, iHeartRadio or iHeartMedia now. They don't want to be called radio. Radio is old and outdated and, and uncool. So it's audio. Uh, iHeart, the world's biggest uh, audio uh, content company, which is a direct competitor of WJR's uh, parent company, Cumulus. They have already said that they're going to use AI to the fullest, which, of course, they're going to. Uh, <laughs> they have a reputation for only tolerating human beings for as long as they have to before the robots take over. And this is going to speed up that process. Um, there is a prep service called Futuri. Um, and, and normally what they what they've done, been doing for years and years is they've been sending, um, you, you know, prep audio content to help people um, plan their radio shows. Well, they're offering AI uh, robots, uh, disc jockeys, journalists, uh, uh, you know, what what have you. And so there's going to be a lot of CEOs out there who are going to try to make uh, bigger profit margins, widen their profit margins uh, by replacing human beings uh, with AI as much as they can. IBM, I don't know if I mentioned them, IBM came out and said that they're looking to replace 8,000 human jobs with, uh, with AI. It's crazy, and these people aren't even hiding it. And it, 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 it's sort of like being in a boat in shark-infested waters and these companies siding with the shark. You know, you can throw people overboard, uh, side with the shark by throwing people overboard, but eventually, you're going to run out of people to throw overboard and, and, and feed the shark, and it's going to buy you a little bit of time. But eventually, that shark's going to eat you. So, you know, you, you, you have all these companies looking to replace human beings with AI. But eventually, if you put enough people out of work with AI, you're going to have nobody to, to, to buy your product. So we have to be very careful about that. Um, Europe and China are actually ahead of the United States when it comes to regulations, uh, which is which is comforting. I would actually feel uh, more nervous if uh, the United States put a whole bunch of regulations on AI and China didn't and European countries didn't. I mean, it's still going to fall into the hands of, of bad actors. Um, rogue governments, like, like I, I can see Russia not agreeing to regulations. Um, you know, criminal organizations, hacker groups, terrorist organizations, they're not going to abide by the regulations. But a governing body, whether it be worldwide 
or whether it's up to each individual government to regulate AI. I am glad that these that that these three big names in AI are calling for regulations because it, it makes me think, well, OK, if they if they know how dangerous this is, why did they create it in the first place? Um, but but maybe they trust themselves more to kind of ring the alarm on AI and call for regulations. Maybe they trust them more than other people. And, and I think that uh, the fact that Elon Musk, Sam Altman and Jeffrey Hinton are calling for regulations on AI, I think it, it shows them being being very responsible. I mean, you could say what you want about what Elon Musk has done recently. I think the fact that he is united with these three other uh, pioneers or, or big names in AI, I, I, I applaud them for their responsibility um, on this. But you, you got to wonder what kind of can of worms have been has been opened already and who's already looking to use it for nefarious purposes. Um, and hopefully this segment, we can look back on it in 10, 15 years, and I'll seem like I'm a, a, a paranoid simpleton. Obviously, the Internet um, has had a lot of drawbacks for humanity, but it's also... Um, had had a lot of uh, the positives. I mean, think about your daily life and and whether it's what you do at work, what you do at home. You know, think think about trying to do it now without the internet. It's not possible. But the internet is only as smart as human beings program it to be. The scary thing about AI is it's becoming self-aware, like Skynet, and it's. I think ChatGPT was was announced, uh, was uh, launched back in the fall, and look at all the concerns we're having now. So we'll keep an eye on it, but it, but sometimes it feels like uh, we're just sort of rearranging the deck chair uh, on the, uh, the, the Titanic deck, which is humanity, and uh, it's only a matter of time before that AI iceberg plows into us and we start sinking whether we put uh, whether we're cautious about it or not, the uh, Oxford High School class of 2023 is set to graduate uh, later this week or or this weekend, and the Oxford High School class of 2023 were sophomores back when the Oxford High School shooting happened, uh, killing four of their class classmates and injuring others. And some of the students who are graduating want to wear um, an, an orange cord um, with their cap and gown to signify that they are survivors of gun violence. And once again, the school district, in its quest to sweep this under the rug, in its quest to not draw attention to it, uh, in its quest to 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 not talk about it and make themselves look bad, make themselves look worse by telling the students they can't wear this cord, they can't wear this orange cord, and instead they brought them, gave them, uh, are forcing them to wear these blue and gold cords, um, and and saying that look, the orange cords are are too political. And it's going to draw attention away from the graduation ceremony itself.
number one, high school kids are not interested in being political. Um, you know, these kids lived through something terrible. The fact that they were able to pick up the pieces and do something like graduate high school, having to live through something like that, uh, takes a strength that most of us will never even be able to fathom, let alone have to tap into ourselves. And even if it is quote-unquote political, so what? You know, these kids, this is going to be the last time that these kids are surrounded by as many people who understand what they've gone through, who understand what it's taken um, to graduate high school after living through such a horrific event. And for the school district to tell them that they can't because it might be political, once again shows, and I'm being nice here, just how tone deaf and insensitive they are to the needs of their students and what they need to cope, what they need to heal, what they need to celebrate um, an achievement that was almost ripped away from them. It was ripped away from four other students who lost their lives that day. They'll never get to graduate. They'll never get to partake in, in, in these um, victories and, 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 and big life events. So if the kids want to wear an orange cord, let the kids wear a freaking orange cord. I mean, the, the, the elephant in the room is obviously, hey, this is great. These kids are graduating high school. But these kids had to live through something terrible. And if this helps them heal, if this helps them move on, if this helps them remember the four classmates that aren't there um, with them, either at that graduation ceremony or, or the ones that are going to come after it. What's the big deal? I, I, I mean, yeah, you're, it's going to draw attention away from their graduation ceremony. They're, people are already thinking about it. No matter you know where these kids go, it's going to follow them. And... And, and, you know, why wouldn't these kids, even if even if they are, quote unquote, making a political statement, why wouldn't these kids want something to be done to keep them safe? Because on J November 30th, uh, 2021. The only thing that was protecting these kids until the police showed up, which they did, and the police did a remarkable job. Uh, the police did a remarkable job. Um, neutralizing the threat and stopping the shooting. But in those moments between when the shooting starts and the police got there, kids were probably wondering, how did this happen? How come nobody was able to protect us from this um, and, and stop it from happening? And to tell these kids they can't wear orange tassels, the audacity. You let these kids celebrate this whatever the way they want. If they want to put on their their cap and gown uh, on top of their cap, some kind of political, you let them do it because they live through something that no one should have to live through. And they have had to tap into a strength 
at such a young age that nobody should have to tap into at that age or, or, or at any time of their life. I mean, these, these, these people who are telling them, who are supposed to be on their side, saying, no, let's not do that. It's, gonna, it's going to bring attention to an uncomfortable uh, subject. You fire those people, and you get somebody in there who has a freaking clue and knows what these kids, what, what these kids um, need to do to, to move on with their lives. I wouldn't go as far as to say they're being re-victimized, but it's not helping.